Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. My name is Esme Lawrence, and welcome to Sprinting to Success podcast. My guest today is a wow whisperer and is a branding and marketing expert and speaker with deep insights on the good, the ugly, and the extraordinary in modern media. She is passionate about high performance communication in business and arts. Author of the Biz Trilogy, The Marketing Deck, her podcast is Wow Whispering. Welcome to Sprinting to Success podcast, Diane A. Kern. Oh, it is so lovely to be here with you, Asmi. Thank you so much for inviting me to be with you and your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I feel blessed that you agreed to, to do this podcast with me. Such a lovely lady. And uh, so I want you to take you back to your childhood. Tell me about um, how you were as a child growing up. Well, I will tell you this, that I was of the generation where television was a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And also, we were used to having our news delivered, you know, a little bit by radio, but also by these big magazines called Life and Look and Saturday Evening Post. And I was just fascinated by all that was going on in the big world, way beyond my little world. And so I started to just notice. And I noticed, and even reading the newspaper, which was huge, so big, I had to lay it out on the floor at night and look at it after my father was done. And I just was fascinated by everything that was available out in that world, as I said. And I noticed that it was a combination of words and images. And so I was intrigued enough to recognize, without being able to name it this way, the power of advertising. And I was kind of shocked. I thought, wait a minute. And as a matter of fact, when I was a little kid, my brother was a little younger, and he had a dream one night. And in the morning, he told it to my father and myself. And he said, you know, I was having this dream and, and it was about Christmas. And I was kind of looking forward to it coming and all this stuff and Santa Claus is in there. Mm -hmm. And the dream was interrupted by a commercial. And the commercial said, <laughs> hey, kids, get your parents to buy this truck. And then it was over and done with and went back to the dream. And I thought, wait a minute. If commercials can sneak their way into your dreams, this is pretty powerful stuff. Right. And I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get into this at all. And so, of course, what did I do by the age of 22? I, I decided to jump smack dab into advertising, in particular, direct marketing. So that little kid in me was so fascinated, but little did I know, I'd end up doing the very thing that I thought, oh, this is kind of scary. What is it doing to our brains? And what, right. what do we have to be aware of? So it was kind of a, like a love-hate thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what were you like as a teenager? Um, did you have any struggles um, as a teenager? You know, I think every teenager does. And yes. I had been labeled shy when I was a little kid. So I was busy trying to live that out and do what people expected of me. 
and I found myself, um, I found myself frustrated by that shyness that seemed, well, it didn't seem quite right. So what I decided to do in my sophomore year, you know, my freshman year had just been like a very unsatisfying experience. I was just kind of not noticed, not involved, kind of considered somebody who doesn't have anything to say, so therefore we won't listen to her and so forth. And so in sophomore year, I said, you know what? I have to change this. So I decided to join a bunch of uh, clubs in school and get involved. And everything from the art club to the debating club and the school newspaper and all this stuff. And I thought, well, this is pretty good because we have something to do together. And if I just work hard enough, maybe it'll get me connected with kids and people in a way that it'll be more interesting because I thought I don't want four more years of this in high school. I don't want to be just kind of shunted to the side and feel like I'm not really connected. Right. And lo and behold, guess what? Joining all those clubs did make a difference. I got involved. I was doing activities I loved. And, you know, let me tell you this. When you're in the debating club, you do have to talk. (laughs) That's right. From being shy to the debating club. Wow. (laughs) And I ended up being president only because it was considered a really nerdy thing to do by the time I showed up and nobody wanted to do it. And I thought, well, okay, I'll do it. And lo and behold, it gave me a sense of having to be responsible about things like getting our team to the debates and organizing and doing all the stuff you had to do. So it kept me connected to people because I had to remind them to get prepared and what they had to do. And let's make sure we all meet at the right time and, you know, get a ride to this or that school. So I became so involved in the activity that the experience was fun. Yes. Right. So fast forward to the fact that now you're an adult. Now, what are some of those challenges? (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know, I got to tell you, every decade has its own challenges. And oh yes. And I remember when I moved from, you know, I'm originally from Boston. So I moved to California where I didn't know anybody except a couple of people. And I thought, oh, here we go again. I got to kind of get myself known. So I ended up doing networking and business. And that's how I got involved. You and I met actually through a group of folks that are loosely connected through the National Media Summit and people who are interested in the world of podcasting. So I keep joining things and getting involved in new groups of people because, hey, you know, let's meet new people. Because what I had discovered as a kid is it actually makes a difference. You suddenly find yourself meeting people who are part of a group. You'd never have any connection to at all because you and I are not in the same state, not the same city, not even the same country. So, So we would never have met if we hadn't connected through this group of folks. And I just love that because it keeps bringing surprises and new people into your life. So yes, I kind of formed a pattern, eh? (laughs) Right. And that's really good, um, Diane, because, you know, as you get older, people say, oh, you know, I don't know too many people. You know, my friends move away. And so I always say to them that get connected, you know, um, join a group, go and, and take a seminar, go do something different where you can actually meet people. Because my, uh, my friendship, my, my scope of people are starting to go wider and wider and wider. Whereas older, usually it gets narrow. Now it's getting wide and broader because I put myself out there. I go and meet new people. I go to conferences. I go find them. <laughs> it's true as me. And I'm sure that you meet some people you think, wow, I'm so glad. I met this person yes. because they, they have ideas, they have creativity, they, they're doing things in life that you don't have access to, but you get to 
enjoy it through them. I think it's wonderful. And you know, it's very popular to put social media down. I totally get that. Just like it was popular to put advertising down and I went and did it anyway as a profession right. and marketing. Right. But what you can do is you can find the gold, you can find the gems right. and don't do the part that doesn't work. I mean, that may be easier to say than it is to do for some, right. but I find that social media adds to my life. For example, here we are, we're on a video call yes. and we're getting to see each other just like we were having coffee, you know, at a local cafe right next to each other. It feels really great. It does. It really is. And it's a great way to connect, you know, and that's why video is so important. Right? It's so fantastic. I remember as a little kid, they said, there's going to be video telephone calls in the future. And then it didn't come and it didn't come and it didn't come. Let's finally hear. Right. Exactly. You know, it's everywhere. And I, I know there's a lot of people, I mean, including me, I was so afraid to do video because, you know, you have the fear, the doubt, you know, and once I decided I'm going to step into my fears and I did a, my first Facebook live, I thought, well, after I thought, what was I afraid of? Nobody, um, you know, nobody, um, you know, criticized me, nobody. And even if they did, so what? <laughs> you know, and so I, I got that confidence once I did it. Yeah. So sometimes you have to just step into your fear and just take it and just go for it and do it. And then after you, you reflect back and go, hey, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> so, so and even the mistakes that you make, you say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yes. If you were in real life you would apologize and move on and do whatever there was to be done next. Right. You can do that online too. You can do that on air. You know, people love live shows, live television shows, live, live radio shows, because right. there's always the unexpected. Exactly. <laughs> I joke to people when I'm, when I'm doing a podcast, it's like, yes, and there's a dog barking and a yeah. fire engine going by. That really emphasizes my point. Exactly. And the phone ringing, we didn't expect a call. Right? You know, so, but yeah, you know, and it's not about being perfect and I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect, but it's just a putting yourself with this. This is me. This is Diane. This is Esme. And, uh, you know, and so you take me or you leave me. And that's how I look at it. Right. Yeah. So Diane, how did you overcome conventional fears and limited beliefs? Um, you know, it's an interesting thing because to me, that is an ongoing process. So for example, yeah. this year, uh, I had some unexpected health situations that sort of set me back on my, my feet a little bit and I couldn't do as much as I wanted. And I thought, wow, do you know what, Esme, it's so easy to go into self-judgment there and say, yes. gosh, why am I bringing this into my life? Why am I having some health challenges? What did I do wrong? Oh, I'm not going to necessarily be able to fulfill on what my plans were for the year. I really had to grapple with that this year as me. And I've got to tell you, it caused me to do something that I am very excited about. And I'll share it with you, which was, you know, in life, when you meet somebody who's going through a tough time, you have a tendency to kind of want to reach out and give them sympathy, give them empathy, just, you know, let them know they're okay. Well, I found I had to do that with myself. Yeah. And that was not something that I'm used to doing. I'm used to being a little bit, you know, tough on myself. So I found I had to be more patient with myself. As I was a patient with my doctors, I thought I've got to be more patient with myself. What a great word that is. Yes. So I learned to just recognize that maybe slowing down a bit and recognize I had to reorient my expectations for the year and work on my health as a key priority not that anything terrible and really life-threatening was happening, but things that were really stopping me. And so I'm learning more about that patience is an ongoing skill to learn, to accept, to practice, and to eventually keep practicing 
such that you can practice it on yourself as well as with others. And that was really a great gift to learn out of this year. Right. And, you know, we are our worst enemy because, I mean, yeah, you're right. We're so judgmental. You know, we're so hard on ourselves because I know I'm really hard on myself, you know. And sometimes I'll say, well, like, as we wake up, why are you so hard on yourself? You made a mistake. So what? Move on. Learn from it and then move on. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, like, um, you know, take time to smell the roses. And so look at your life and go, you know what? It's a blessing. Things are going great. Don't be so hard on yourself because, you know, like, I mean, if you don't love yourself, if you don't care about yourself, who's going to do that? Take time, be patient and learn from the mistakes and then move on and forget about it. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because <laughs> even when like sometimes you say, well, gosh, this isn't going the way I want. This isn't working. This is a little bit challenging. This is financially not what I expected. Right. You, It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to cry. And I notice right. that when I'm learning to pay attention to, even in those moments is, you know, this feeling's not going to be here in a little while. Yes. It may be a couple of hours. Right. It may be a couple of minutes. Who knows when it's going to shift, but it's going to shift. So yes. it's okay to express this feeling because it's not going to be the only feeling <laughs> you have for the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. So it's, I got to tell you, that has really been a great lesson because I thought, wow, when I don't hold on to the feeling like, oh, this is how the, I never have a whole day that goes a certain way I've discovered. Yeah. It's never a whole day. It's never even a half a day. Right. When people say, how is your day going? I say, well, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> right. Life is, un uh, life is unpredictable, right? Exactly. You know, sometimes you do things, they feel like such a failure. It's like, oh, you know, but I mean, life is unpredictable because you know what? Something comes in that throws you off your path. You know, instead of going right, you went left. <laughs> well, you know what I found that this does? Because, you know, I'm in the world of talking with people about what wows them and what comes up and whispers to them. Right. I've learned that it's oftentimes the unexpected that gets your attention. Yes. It's a good idea to be open to the unexpected and not feel like I have to control everything and it's going to go the way I'm saying it's going to go. Oh, no, it's probably not going to go the way you say it's going to go. It might go better. It might yes. go more challenging, but it's going to add something if you're open to it. And I got to tell you, people love learning something new that they didn't expect. And that can be a big wow. Exactly. No, definitely. So Diane, so what was something you did that you didn't think you could accomplish, but you accomplished it and you're like, wow. <laughs> oh boy, there's been so many things. Um, and let's see. Probably the thing that was the har harder than I thought was to write my first book and then to find out that it turned into a series of three, like a, a series, a trilogy of three books. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's a book where I thought, gee, um, I want to write about marketing, but oh my gosh, there's so many boring books about marketing. I don't want to do one of those. So I decided that maybe there was some way I could make it into a game. So I thought, well, what's a game that almost everybody has played growing up? Cards. Right. Let's play with cards. So I thought, well, let's take all this knowledge I've accumulated over decades of doing marketing, create a deck of cards, which was surprisingly fast to come up to me. That was instant almost. Then the book took two or three years to do. And what was surprising was that when then when I went out and looked for a publisher, like, how can I do this? Nobody was interested in the deck of cards. They didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to hear about it. They said, oh, you'll have to deal with that yourself. So I found out 
that I could. And I found somebody in New York, I had, you know, a continent away from me who could produce the decks of cards and I could get the book published, get the deck of cards done myself. So I became right. a publisher, which blew me away wow. and put them <laughs> up together in the world of online publishing with Amazon. And I did something that everybody told me couldn't be done. And yes. so therefore it would be easy for me to tell myself it couldn't be done. But you know right. what, Esme, that was the inspiration. The deck of cards was the whole source of the thing. So lo and behold, I found a way to do it with a lovely man who owns a, a business in New York where he was just fantastic to work with. And we did something quite unique. And lo and behold, now I have it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So you did something that you, you thought you couldn't do, but you accomplished it. And the feeling, like, how did you feel when you, when you go, yes, I did it? Well, it was kind of amazing, kind of a little vision running around in your head turn out to be something you can literally hold in your hand. I literally can hold it in my hand right now. Right. Here's the deck of cards. I literally can say, you know what? Here it is. There's no question. Wow. Vision became real. Right. And I can give it to other people. And my whole reason for doing marketing, even though I know it can be done very, very badly, and I, call, I don't call that marketing. I call that a con job. Um, <laughs> no question about it. Is that marketing has to have a value not just for the person doing it, but for the person you're communicating with. Right. And if it doesn't, it's not a fit. And you move on and you don't try to, do not be hard selling and pressuring people into something they don't really feel is going to make a difference to them. And once you have that idea of value for value and exchange, well, now it's worth doing. Right. And that's where, as I like to say, marketing does become high performance communication because you're providing something that makes a difference in someone's life. Just like when they see a performance of actors on stage or they see someone in the Olympics doing something remarkable, it inspires them and makes them feel like, wow, maybe I can take on something in my own life that I didn't think I could do. Let's see right. what it is. And to me, marketing that communicates value inspires somebody. It lends something. It adds something to their life. And then it feels great. Right. So why are you still excited about marketing after four decades um, doing this? I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I have friends that say, Diane, aren't you ever going to retire? It's like, well, no, I'm not. Only because I found out that there's always somebody new who I can maybe make a suggestion to, make a contribution to, add value to what they're up to. Because I love supporting people who are up to something that really inspires them, makes a difference in the world. I get so excited. And you know, it's funny, Esme, you know how, I don't know if you've ever played the game of what if I won the lottery? Oh yes, we all do. (laughs) What would I do with that money? 40 million. (laughs) Yeah. Aside from giving some to the people that I know, I thought, that's right. What would I do with myself? And I thought, well, I'd be doing the same things, maybe bigger. Yeah. And maybe without the feeling that, oh my gosh, what if it fails? but I'd still be doing what I'm doing. So I figure I'll just keep doing it. There's no reason right. to stop as long as I'm inspired by what I'm doing. Right. And for me, you know, I got into marketing thinking I'd do it for one year. Hmm. I needed a job. I thought, well, okay, fine. I'll just do this for a year. And then I was just blown away. I had the opportunity early in my career to work not for profit organizations. And I loved what they were doing. They were feeding people. They were helping abused kids. They were, you know, solving, you know, funding the efforts to solve disease. And I thought, 
why would I not sign up for more of this? This is fantastic. So I find that whether people are not for profit or whether they're for profit, they are making a difference. And I love participating in that. So, so that's my whole life. I mean, even when I volunteer to do things, I volunteer and I lead art tours at a museum. I love doing what I'm doing. So yeah. let's just have more of this in life. <laughs> That's right. So why is marketing important for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs? Oh my gosh, it is essential. You know, there are people who say, oh, I don't like marketing. And in their head, what they're saying is, I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't know how to do it. And I don't like it because I don't feel expert at it. Right. So what is it? what it is important to do is somebody comes along like me and they say, well, let me ask you some questions. What difference does the product or the service you offer make to the people who use it? And all of a sudden they get excited and they say, well, it provides this or it it helps people with their health or it helps people by making their life easier in this way. And I say, so that is something we want you to be able to communicate and communicate it quickly because People aren't going to listen if you kind of go on and talk about yourself. Let's talk about what a difference you can make for others. And suddenly they're excited about it. I've asked them questions that get them back to that kind of burning fire they had when they decided to go into this business or do this thing, especially for solopreneurs, because gosh, it's so easy to get down on yourself and say, well, I'm not progressing far enough and fast enough and profitably enough. So what I do is I look at, okay, so, Do you still have that inspiration? Let's see if we can bring it to the surface. And in your own unique way, let's find your voice for sharing it, whether it's in person, on air, online. Let's get that. And let's get that really clear in your mind so that you can then be open to a conversation with the person that you're talking with or at the audience you're reaching out to that makes them say, Tell me more. Tell me more. I love that. Tell me more. Yeah. So then what is the best way to effectively market one's product or service? So a lot of times people get caught up in the, uh, the numbers and the logistics and the, oh my gosh, there's so many media. What I often say is, let's take a look at where your customers are hanging out, your potential customers. Let's find out, are they most interested in reaching someone to provide what you provide in person? Are they most interested in doing it online because it's a convenience? Are they most interested in going to a going to an event or going to a retail store? Where are they most likely to be ready to hear your message? And that's where you need to be. Mm. And so let's have you have a presence in that arena. It could even be networking meetings. People, for example, people who market to business professionals those business professionals are probably going to be at networking events or conferences or trade shows. Let's find out where they are, where they're most interested and receptive to what you have to offer and make sure you have a presence there. And that could start with simply doing some research that could start with showing up and joining a professional organization. It could start with an ebook online that gives you a kind of a calling card to say, Hey, by the way, I wrote this book. Are you interested in, this subject, I've got something that could save you some time and learning what you need to know. So you want to provide the tools that then educate that person and show them that you're there to bring value to their efforts. And that's where you want to be. And the tricky part is not being so hard on yourself that you end up being throttling your audience to say, buy my stuff now. 
Right. It doesn't work these days anymore. Right. You know? So, so what is branding? How do you brand yourself? So branding is that image or that set of words or that thought or that set of emotions that comes up when people think about you or when they see you. What do they already think they know about you based on either they've come across you before? Like national brands, everybody knows what they think of Coca-Cola. Now they may think, I think this is a good thing and it's fun or I don't think this is a good thing. Great. You don't need to be marketing to the people that aren't interested in what you have. That's a, right. a waste of time. When people think of a person who says, I am a psychologist, they say, oh, wow, what is your specialty? And then you want to be ready for, you know, I love working with kids. Oh my gosh, that's the hardest thing of all, you may think. I have a relative who's having some issues with their kids. They're going through some transitions. Do you mind if I give your name and pass your name along? Because suddenly they see a connection. It may not be for them. It may be for that other person that's near and dear in their lives. So branding is you, you get able to communicate quickly what your area of expertise is. And if your area of expertise is communication, as mine is, you've got to be able to quickly say things that percolate and get people thinking creatively, right. get them thinking outside the box. And that becomes an authentic brand. It's one thing to claim a brand and people say, I don't think that person really knows what they're talking about. You never want that to happen. Yes. And I don't think I'd like to spend time with that person to help me solve their problem because I just don't like the vibe I'm getting from them. It's not a fit with me. Right. Now, some people are going to love talk with me because I talk with my hands and I'm very excited. Some people are <laughs> like, oh, it's way too much energy. I'm not that excited. So they're going to be right. like, pass. That's okay. That's right. They're not in your tribe. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? One of the secret weapons of branding is, I bet you do, it's to learn to listen. Learn to listen. And you do that as a podcasting host. You're listening to your guests. You've made me feel very welcome. You've made me feel like it's okay for me to talk. You're smiling at me. It's like, right. yay. <laughs> so your brand is, you are not only great at gathering terrific people around, but you're great at listening and making people feel heard, making them yes. feel welcome. Yes. So branding is how you make people feel as well as what it is that they know about you. Right. Got to be tuned into that. And sometimes people who are, well, like I was when I was a kid, everybody said you're shy. It's okay to be that way. What you want to do is give yourself permission, though, to let the inspiration show. Right. And that sometimes just takes a little bit of practice, right? Definitely. So, <laughs> Diane, so how do you decrease stress in your life? Oh, how do I do it? Well, I give myself permission to take time off. And boy, did I have to learn to do that one. Because it's easy when you're kind of a little bit of a go-getter and kind of an energy bunny to keep going and going until the universe forces you to take time off by saying, excuse me, now you have the flu, you can't. So I've learned to take time off, especially every week. I look at the weekend and say, so at least half my weekend has to be devoted to some time off where I don't have things scheduled. Right. And I can read something I'm interested in. I can watch a movie that just gets me excited for the creativity of it. I can right. talk on the phone with somebody that I love for an unstructured amount of time and see what they're up to. But the key is to, for me, to have time that doesn't have deadlines inherent yes. in it. And I've learned that that refreshes me, especially if I'm taking in new artistic content. 
it, it fills me up. Like if I've sort of emptied out my creativity, this fills back up the supply. Yes, because you know, you have to make sure that your cup is full because you can't give with empty uh, vessel, empty cup. So you have to do things for yourself so you can, um, you know, like can energize yourself so you can go back and give more and help others. Yeah, and let them contribute to you because yes. sometimes people need to be, you know, like people need to be heard and they need to be listened to too. So you can give them that opportunity. Right. So Diane, so go back in time to the younger Diane who felt maybe afraid. What words of wisdom would it give her so she can believe in herself? I would say, you know what, Diane, there's a surprise around the corner and you can learn from it. You might even be able to enjoy it, but you're definitely going to be able to handle it. And that way I'm covered for whether it's a good wow or an uh-oh wow. <laughs> and to know I'm going to be able to do that. So I would tell myself that. And therefore, I think boost a little confidence that whatever is coming along, you're going to be able to work with it, to go with the flow yes. and to learn from it. Oh my gosh. Yes. So this is the last question. You are very successful, but what are you still struggling with now? Oh, what am I struggling with now? Yeah. I would say I'm struggling with, <laughs> do I have enough time on the planet to get everything I done <laughs> want, everything I want to get done done? Right. And, and struggling with that has made me realize, okay, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to know the answer to that. And nobody gets to know the answer to that. So can I be okay with not knowing the answer to that? And... What I've learned is, therefore, choose the things that are most important to you and be involved with them right. and let the others go. They may be interesting, they may be great, but they aren't something that you really care enough about to really put them at the top of the list of goodies to do or even challenges to learn from, you know? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes the challenges are the most rewarding. So, you know, it's okay to put a couple of challenges at the top of the list, but that list doesn't have to be super long. Otherwise, it just, it really drags you down a bit. So right. keep it brief. I, I like, the, I'm working with the number six these days. If I have six things on my list, I'm good. Nice. That's I start good. to get more than that. It's like, wait a minute, that's, that's more than I can handle. I'm going to start to feel like I'm not getting enough done. Right, exactly. You don't want your list to be too long. Right? So, <laughs> so Diane, what would you like to share with our audience today? Oh, what I would love to share is, first of all, make sure you put Esme's show on your list of podcasts to listen to regularly. She's a delight. <laughs> and, you know, I think that she has an energy where her guests are going to light up with her. So you definitely want to check her out all the time. And I would say that if you're interested in hearing more from me, just a couple of ways you can do that. And probably the main way is go to my main website because it's got my podcast. It's got other things on there. It's called the marketing deal, D E A L dot com. And if you've got a question for me, let me know. If you want me to shuffle cards and answer a question for you, there's an opportunity to do that. And I'd love to hear from you. What I'd love to hear from people. What is your biggest marketing challenge? Nice. Nice. So Diane, thank you for joining us today on Sprinting to Success podcast. You can learn more about Diane on EsmeLawrence.com. Thank you for listening and have an amazing day. And can I just say one more thing, Esme? Yes, go ahead. Yes. I am sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.